0: Hi guys, welcome to Honey Chips. Today we've got a fun episode because we've got one of my best friends here to talk about something really cool. His name is Spencer Baldwin. Um, some of you might have the privilege of knowing him. <laughs> Spencer, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Emily. And first I'd like to say, and this is especially appropriate for our topic today, but this fall... It is 10 years since you and I met.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: 10 years. Now, if somebody asked me if I remembered that, I would say, eh, kind of. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, I was going to tell this story, too, Spencer. Um, <laughs> I met Spencer in a seventh grade art class, and I, we were assigned to the same table, He's at, I think, on my left, maybe on my yes, right. Yeah, on your is left. that right? Yes, that is. And I remember, like, there was this other girl at our table, and <laughs> we were seventh graders, and she would ask Spencer for dating advice, and I just found it very funny because we were so young.
1: And for those of you who don't know me, that is not something I should have ever done. <laughs> Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of nice, but we were also 7th graders, yeah. and like, how much do you know then? We were 7th graders. <laughs> but it was funny, because I do remember you telling really funny stories, too. Okay. I don't remember okay. specifics, but I remember hearing about your cat.
1: Yes, my cat at the time, Perky. Shout out to Perky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and the other funny thing about that is, then in ninth grade, when I started to reconnect with Emily because of mutual friends... They said to me, Hey, you met Emily in seventh grade, and I literally had no memory of that. <laughs> literally. And since then, I actually can recall your face in that art <laughs> room. I can't. Right.
0: I. It, it was a time. So, yeah, it took us a couple years to actually become friends, but I thought Spencer was kind of a cool kid and very funny. And so, well, yeah.
1: I'll, I'll pay you later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, we had fun um, and just ended up hanging out with. Like the same kids all through high school so it was tons of fun so on a more professional level Spencer is probably like maybe the most talented musician I know Um, and he's a talented singer which is part of where we became good friends we did a lot of choir together in high school and junior high and some musical theater Um, and he's a great actor and how he's also an incredible composer, so that's something really cool. And Spencer, tell me, like, when you started getting into composing?
1: Yeah. So first of all, again, I'll pay you later. <laughs> um, no, but really. Um, I
0: mean it, everyone. I mean it.
1: <laughs> and that's an interesting question. Um, I can remember fiddling around with the free version of Finale, mm. which is a music notation software, mm-hmm. and writing little songs. Uh, like twelve years ago, more than that.
0: Oh my gosh, that's actually I did not know that. Yeah, that's a very long time. It,
1: ago. it is a long time ago. Um, it may, twelve or ten, right? Something around there. Yeah.
0: So yeah, that year that you met me was just it great. was it was like it was impactful, right? Impactful.
1: No, but um, yeah, you know, just writing, playing around with little things, um, and then <laughs> what really started when it really started to take off is in high school. I a took AP Music Theory, which is something many of you may have also done. But I uh, occasionally I would get asked to dances by some girls, and as my Uh response, I would write a little song. Oh my gosh! For them, I I wrote you one, Emily, and it was (laughs) all it was so bad. I
0: probably have it somewhere.
1: You know, I hope not. I hope not.
0: I thought I kept everything in high school. (laughs) Let's be honest.
1: But that's so, so funny.
0: That's true. Yeah, I so that's that.
1: when I, I started, but my composing in earnest has kind of been happening for the last three years or so. Yep.
0: Yeah. okay. So that's what I'm acutely aware of, I guess, for lack of a better phrase. Um, but that's something I didn't know. So let's talk a little bit, something I already know is a little bit of your background with your family and kind of just music in general. So tell, talk to me about it.
1: Okay, well, my parents were very musical. Uh, They actually met in the BYU Singers, um, Mm -hmm. and they met uh, each other there.
0: For some context, BYU Singers is one of the most elite university choirs, but also, I'd say, one of the most elite choirs in the world. So, very musical people.
1: Yeah, very true. Very wonderful program. And, you know, so growing up, you know, me and my siblings did music when I was in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. Uh, I started French horn. In band, Um, that was really fun. And then the next year, I started choir. Um, Yeah, so we just came from a really musically involved household. It was just really normal, and it was normal to be excellent. That sounds extremely like proud. I feel, but it was just—it was just—we grew up thinking this is great music. Yeah, and it was just a part of our lives. You were surrounded by it. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so. Okay. Let's talk a little bit, Spencer. We're going to talk about your experience a little bit since we've already touched on that. And then, um, I actually have invited Spencer on to talk about the arts in general and how we can kind of apply them in our lives, find our own niche, um, in the arts and... That's a topic I personally am very passionate about. I think I've said this before on the podcast, but this podcast was originally going to be about the arts. Hmm. So I did not know that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a fun thing, and then I decided to branch out and do a little more general. But um, as such, I, I'm just very passionate about it, so I'm excited to talk about this. So, um, Spencer, you're multi-talented. What would you say is like your area of focus in the arts? Would you say it's composing, or what would you say?
1: Man, that's a—that's actually a hard question for me.
0: You can have multiple, it's okay. Okay, cool. (laughs)
1: Um, And the reason that is hard is because I am kind of a jack-of-all-trades. I do a few things okay, in my opinion,
0: (laughs) you know, honestly. I would say he's very good. I've not only performed alongside Spencer, but I've watched him perform in different things as well. Well, thank
1: you, yes. Um, I think... Uh, one thing that I am particularly passionate about is rehearsing music, and that's actually mm. what I'm going into—music education. Shout out, the, yeah, <laughs> shout out to all the, yeah, shout out to music education people, right? Um, that's th- that's something I love. Um, in the last few years, I have just loved the piano more. Mm. All, if not most, of my pieces that I write are for the piano. Um, that being said, I love singing. I just love theater. Mm. You know, theater is just so fun. It's not something. I do very often, uh, but it is a, uh, a rewarding thing and a very different thing, almost, from the sort of serious, solemn, emotional side, which is mm-hmm. choral singing and yep. composing.
0: Yep, that's true. Okay, I wanted, I I just thought of this story, and I wonder if you remember it well. Okay. Kate. So, Spencer and I were in... A production of A Midsummer Night's Dream together. Yes, we were. Do you know exactly what story I'm thinking of? The one scene with Hank.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes, I do. Okay, will you tell it? (laughs) I will tell the story. So, for those of you who are familiar, A Midsummer Night's Dream is a comedy by William Shakespeare. It's a very funny comedy. And when we were in... uh, it 10th was grade
0: beginning in 10th grade yes. yeah I, we started the play the summer before
1: right it was kind of a special 10th graders only play anyway mm-hmm. for those of you who are familiar with the play i played bottom the weaver and my good friend hank weiss played i don't even remember what the character was called but anyway there's this part in the show where we both kill ourselves in a play within the play and on one particular night I had died and he had died and fallen, crossed over me and something happened. I could get into it, but it's just something happened that was so funny. The audience was going so hysterical <laughs> that I started to laugh and my stomach started to bounce up and down and Hank started to laugh on top of me. And we both started to kind of like laugh bounce a little bit and it was hysterical. It was it was so hard not to break characters, such a funny experience.
0: Oh my gosh. Didn't one of you like fling the sword across the stage or something? That was
1: probably Hank, because he killed <laughs> himself second. <laughs> so logically it was Hank. Oh my
0: gosh. Okay. Well yes. So lots of funny experiences, but I love that you have that theater aspect because it is it's a great way to explore creativity with a little less seriousness, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's true.
0: Um, okay. So how do you personally find inspiration to create your art?
1: That is a great question. And I think, frankly, um, I am slightly more unique in this aspect. Or perhaps you wouldn't necessarily want to emulate (laughs) what I do, right? (laughs) I Um, think it's
0: still interesting, though. Yeah.
1: So, uh, and there's two facets to this. I guess the one maybe you're more referring to, Emily, is... When I write a piece of music, usually the inspiration will come to me in a really immediate, big way that mm-hmm. says, wow, this would be a really good idea. You should write it right now. You don't have to work for the next three days. <laughs> so just stay home and write. And for me, what happens is I get this big burst mm-hmm. and it just, everything is just Right to get it down onto paper. Yeah.
0: I love it. Okay, so tell me about the second facet, if well, you're comfortable.
1: Yeah, well, I was just going to say, this is more along the lines of general artistic inspiration. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think we, as people, and specifically as people who like to create things, are inspired by what and who we love.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Meaning... uh. We have had experiences, sometimes referred it to as aesthetic experiences, where we saw a piece of art, we heard a piece of music, we read a book that just we just loved. Yeah. It was so exciting. And what happens is that quote unquote inspires us. Mm. So if you then get into the realm of wanting to create for yourself those things, those things that you loved. They influence what you like. Mm. And for me, you know, when I write music, I can totally see it's part of this composer and this composer and this composer. Um, there's a great quote. Um, well, it's more of a paraphrase. Uh, <laughs> uh, an author named Austin Kleon, uh, who writes about creativity. He's also the author of "Steal Like an Artist. I haven't read it, but it sounds very good. hmm. He says something to the effect of this. You can take little things that inspire you, little pieces of all the artists that you love and you want to emulate, and combine them together to create something that is uniquely you. Mm-hmm. It's like specifically your mixture. Because no one else has had that experience, and no one else has had the same life experience That's true. as you do. Yeah. And they blend to create this something which is your style.
0: I love that. I think that's that's a really good thing to think of as we're thinking about creating our own things, our own pieces, our own whatever it is, right? Because I think especially for me, sometimes I feel like this is so not original. You know, I'm taking too many things from different people because I love them. Mm -hmm. I really like how that says like that is your unique Your uniqueness and your creativity. That's so cool.
1: Yeah, and and I actually tack onto that. Personally, it can be a danger to think too much of, oh, I need to sound like Mm -hmm. so-and-so. That could be stifling. Yeah. And uh, I I would imagine other people feel the same way in writing, in painting. But again, where we recognize we love that artist. We love Mm -hmm. that book. We love that whatever it is and we kind of just allow that to sit with us, then that becomes inspirational, influential.
0: I had an experience where I I was asked, who do you want to sound like as a singer? And I mm. remember that feeling of feeling stifled, like, I'm not that person, I want to sound different from them, you know? or Maybe I'll take some good things from them and use things from someone else. But, yeah, it is stifling. So I think that's a great point. Um, Okay. Well, tell me how you have learned more about your specific craft. What have you done to Mm. further your education?
1: I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) So I am a huge... um, I wouldn't say advocate because it doesn't really need advocating. Yeah. But a huge believer, I suppose, in in craft. Mm-hmm. For me, that means music theory. Mm. Um, if you are a painter, that could mean color theory. Yeah. That could mean learning about line, learning about texture, mm-hmm. learning about all those things. A writer, if you're a writer, that means perhaps studying plot, studying character, studying world building. Mm -hmm. If you're a sculptor, a woodworker, right? All those things. Yeah. All those things. So, um, for me, when I took music theory in high school, like I already mentioned, uh, it changed my life. And usually, that phrase sounds rather dramatic. Hmm. Um, But honestly, because music is such a big part of me, that became such a big part of me as well because it helped me to understand music. Mm. And here's why I'm such a big advocate of craft, Emily. Um, As you uh, listen to things that you love or read things that you love, you experience art that you love, craft lets you take guidelines and lets you say, why do I love that thing that I love? Mm. And when you learn what those things are, that empowers you to replicate it, to try it yourself. it's such a powerful thing.
0: That is so cool. I can attest to this because we were in the same music theory class. We were. Yes. yes. And um, for me, it was impactful because I did learn those things and now I have the tools to kind of dissect music, right? But i although i'm passionate about music it did not affect me the same way it affected you spencer and i remember watching you and just being amazed kind of at the depth it had of change and in interest it was so you. fun <laughs> it was so cool because you know the rest of us would just try to get by and do well in the class and be prepared for our ap test and mm-hmm. then there was spencer who would go and check out extra books and like learn more about, right, yeah. about all the so theory. Fun. And so, yeah, I it's powerful and it's cool to see where you've gone with it. And the rest of us are in a different place from you. Now,
1: now let me, let me add to that. Um, while I personally, see, I like music theory, which is the craft of my art style. Yeah. Because I almost like the craft itself. Mm-hmm. But let's be clear. Art is not craft. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um. Craft are tools and means to to creating and achieving "quote unquote" good art.
0: I love it. And
1: and that's yeah. Even I acknowledge that. Right. <laughs>
0: yes. Yes. Oh, just it's so cool. So cool. I think this is such. It's a concept we don't think about a lot. Right. And right. I think we can sit in classes like art class, for example, mm-hmm. and they'll try to teach us the mechanics and some of us might roll our eyes at that and then others will be just vastly affected and right. take it and run with it and create more beautiful things because right. they have the tools to do so, so.
1: And, and part of the reason I mentioned that yeah that's, that's so true I have a friend um, who creates music and one thing she particularly likes to make is like film score oh
0: that's very cool and
1: um, I think if you asked her if she really employs music theory, like harmony and Mm -hmm. this and that, she would say no. Yeah. Because she knows what she likes and she knows what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Just because she doesn't know the name of the thing doesn't mean she can't use the thing. And she creates wonderful music. In fact, the other month she won first prize in a contest for film scoring. A short, you know. So And and the reason I bring that up is because if you, listener at home, uh feel like oh no I need to learn all these things to make good art no you don't that Mm -hmm. is a help meet but you can create art simply because you love it and frankly instincts are number one Mm -hmm. artistic instinct what you feel what you like that is way more important and craft comes uh to support that Mm -hmm. to to expound that most of my music that i write that is successful that gets finished (laughs) starts with improvisation Mm -hmm. it starts with something simple and something that i really like Mm
0: -hmm. it doesn't
1: start with what is
0: what am i gonna build yeah what's
1: technically right so
0: okay i that's a great thought too and i think something i want to add to that is i think it will depend per individual on learning style and creativity style and where you get inspiration from like oh i'm building this thing based on these tools i've been given with craft and then it turns into something great or oh i got inspiration let's write this line and then maybe you employ some of those tools to beef it up later
1: so very cool
0: okay um what are your personal reasons for creating art?
1: Yeah, that is an interesting question. Um, number one, it's because I think it's really fun. Mm. Okay. Uh, it's just, it's super rewarding. There are, for me, seldom experiences where I get so excited to Mm. do, to just do this thing. And for me, composing is one of those things. Um, Kind of as a related note to that, um, there have been times in my life where I felt like the direction of my life was kind of stagnant, Mm -hmm. and I just didn't feel good about myself or my life in in different areas. And for me, composing was a huge thing to kind of bolster my um, Mm self-confidence, perhaps perhaps my Mm -hmm. sense of self-worth, to say, this is a thing that's way fun, and you're pretty good at it. Um also on that question, why do I create art? Frankly, I'd love to show people. Oh my gosh, that is so that's so fun. That's a big part of it to me, yeah. is saying, hey, I love this. I hope you will too. Yeah. Um, I've had a number of pieces that the whole reason I wrote them in the first place is because I had a specific opportunity to showcase them. Mm. Uh an example is for church i write sacred music Mm -hmm. i've had opportunities where i wrote a piece of music for a particular day for a particular celebration and that for me gives me motivation to say let's make something
0: yeah oh that's so cool i want to backtrack a little bit and you don't have to give specifics on this but i do want to touch a little bit more on um art helping people through hard things okay. because i think all of us go through difficult things of varying um like degrees and varying types right so what how would you tell someone to incorporate art or you know something creative to help them through a hard time
1: that's a great question Yeah. Yeah. And, um, of course I'm no expert, right? Right.
0: But But, uh, yeah, you're someone with experience Yeah, that's what we want to hear about.
1: Yes. I love that. And while I am no expert, I think part of the reason, again, we like art, books, Mm -hmm. music, whatever it be, is because it moves us and touches us in some way. Mm -hmm. And often that's because of emotion, right? if you think of the memories in your life that are the most potent it's because a strong emotion bound them to you Mm. right Mm -hmm. then that's straight up psychology no this is not psychological advice (laughs) um, so there can be there can be art that we just love and that is special to us in a way that when we are going through a difficult time we can draw upon it we can just sit and just be with the art. Mm. That could maybe mean sharing it with someone, or if you feel kind of alone in that moment, you can just sit with the art.
0: I love that. That is so true. I for me personally, if I've gone through a hard time, I think the most influential kind of art for me to sit with is music. I'll turn on something beautiful like usually <laughs> I'm like, some of my favorites are by Eric Whitaker, mm. I like a lot of things by the BYU choirs just to sit and listen to because they just fill me with so much light and that's usually what you need in those moments is a little yeah. bit of light, right?
1: Yeah, that's so,
0: Yeah, I can definitely attest to that and sometimes it's a piece of like visual art, you just need to sit and just stare at it and absorb it for a few minutes mm-hmm. and it just uplifts you
1: I love that. And if I could add to that, um, Maddie Hoyle, in a yes. recent interview, said a wonderful thing that I was so, thought was so cool. She said that humanities mm-hmm. is the accounting of the arts world. I
0: think that, that was such a cool thing. That is so
1: great. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, there's a reason. So I took humanities in college. And, you know, I was like, well, what's a humanity? <laughs> right? Like, what does that mean? Like, we have books and... And I and I came to a realization for myself that the reason it is a humanity is because you can watch a film mm. about someone who just lost a child, and you've never lost a child, mm. but you feel so much emotion from that because it appeals to your sense of humanity. humanity.
0: Uh, yes. So
1: I think in response to your great question about how does art help us in these challenging times, whatever it may be, is... It appeals to this sense of being alive, Mm -hmm. this sense of human experience, and and that's why we can look at someone else's art and say that's moving to me because it's it's a way to express, it's a way to get a message across.
0: I like how much enlightenment from just that that moment. I love that. Um, Okay, Spencer, let's talk a little more generally a little bit for a minute um every one of us is an artist of some kind right um would you agree with that statement
1: yeah sure (laughs) no qualms with that
0: no qualms with that good and i think it's hard because we all have that one prodigy in our ap music class (laughs) is way better than everyone else so it's hard to feel that way sometimes (laughs) but we all have that inside of us and it might be different from even something you've seen in yourself I Mm. think so what suggestions would you have for someone looking to find that artist within themselves how do they find that
1: so kind of like we mentioned um, a lot earlier in the interview um just recognizing that you like it because you like it yeah right that's of all the things that we say I think that is probably the most important, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's why you should be doing it. Um, To give an example of that, uh, author Brandon Sanderson, who is a world-famous fantasy and science fiction author, he often talks about how before he got published, he wrote 13 books, Mm. uh, which apparently is quite a few before being published, right? (laughs) And um, along the way, he was looking at what kind of the market said is popular. And he wrote a couple books a lot like The Market. Mm-hmm. And he says they were the two worst books he ever wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, he also then asked himself, if I live my whole life and I write a 100 books and none of them get published, is, will it have been worth it to me? And he says yes, mm-hmm. because he loves it. And, and, and that's really the whole purpose of creating art, right? If you, like I encourage you to not feel that your art is not good. Mm. Again, your craft can be better, but your art is okay, right?
0: I like that. That's really important because I think another aspect of the creative world is just a, an underlying sense of perfectionism. Mm. And it seems really important to be like the best at your whatever, the best violinist, the best painter, the best dancer, whatever it is. So I love that. Your art is good enough. You are good enough. Um, And of course, there's always room for improvement, but just love what you're doing. Right. Okay. So do you think anyone is too old or young?
1: Heavens.
0: To start an art? Heavens
1: no. I think that's... If somebody... If somebody said that to me, oh, I'm too I'm too old I'm too young to do this, I'd be like, well, that's kind of silly. <laughs> right? I mean, no, of course not. Like, you know, unless you're 100 years old and you're going to go do the splits and be a gymnast. Maybe not that one. But, like, <laughs> if you have the determination to go learn something, go learn it. Yeah. Right? Go do it. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I think... Okay, I'm going to ask you this question if you don't have an answer for me, that's okay. Okay. Okay? Yes. So I think that there is a lot of emphasis on learning an art early in our lives. Mm. Say, like, elementary school through high school, and even a little bit in college, but more through that primary and secondary education, right? And so it can be really easy to just say, oh, I'm going to learn how to play the trombone Mm -hmm. and go sign up for a band the next day and be a beginner trombone player. Right. Okay. So, for people who are a little older than that, what kinds of opportunities do you think there are to learn those things and explore those new arts and um, crafts and <laughs> yeah, yeah. just, th- yeah? Uh,
1: that's a great question because that actually makes me think of something. Um, so, first of all, I mean, f- to be fair, there is scientific study that says the earlier you start a craft, especially a performance-based craft, mm-hmm. the better you will be. Yes. And that often can be discouraging uh, to those, like you said, who mm-hmm. start later, whatever it be. Um, I did not start learning the piano until I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's quite old, especially for the culture that Emily and I grew up in. Yeah, frankly. that's true. Um, like,
0: I started learning the violin at five.
1: Right. So, right, yeah, yeah. It,
0: it is, it's different. It seems very old. Right. But.
1: Yes, but. Um, Again, I encourage you not to that, to not let that be a deterrent. Compare yourself only as far as it is useful to improve yourself and no more.
0: That's, uh, let's take that and put it on a plaque, everyone.
1: Right. And I know because I'm so bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's hard. But, but
0: we can take Spencer as an example. The person who started piano at 16 and now he's composing piano pieces.
1: Yeah. And, and, and even for those first two or three years, I wasn't very good why i didn't practice that's big asterisk <laughs> right i didn't practice but um yeah it's just you know do the thing you like to do and you d- be determined
0: to be better at it if yeah. you want
1: to you don't have to it's your choice
0: i love that okay a couple things i want to touch on with okay. that i've talked about this on the show before but ballet i just started mm. ballet and i'm now 22 years old and am i very good at it no but am i progressing kind of fast yeah because i'm old enough to learn things quickly right will i ever be a prima ballerina absolutely not i've (laughs) missed the age window for that but that's okay because like i can see improvement i'm really satisfied that i've tried this thing i've always wanted to do
1: yeah that is such a great example also i don't think i knew that which is great
0: yeah 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 i i love it and so another thing i wanted to bring up is a book that I started reading by David Epstein called *Range*. Mm. It talks about the power of having um, basically lots of interests, lots of. Um, maybe not specialties but lots of things that you're maybe like mediocre at (laughs) it (laughs) makes you a more well-rounded individual and you're actually going to see more success Mm. in your life from that so if you feel like you're too old you're not go gain another skill you're going to do like amazing things the more you learn
1: yeah that's a great that's a great thought and just to add to that I think that has to do with being a lifetime learner Mm.
0: yes yes lifetime learner that's also something we should all strive to be Right. Yes, yeah. that's super important. Okay. What are some reasons that you've seen in other people, um, that for creating art that have maybe inspired you or like just I don't know, hit hard. Something you remember.
1: Something that I remember a reason to create art. Yes, other from someone do. else. From someone else. Um while there are other things I could say, I think one that sticks out to me personally is for sacred purposes. I love that. Um, a lot of the music I write is sacred in nature, which means it's written to worship. Yeah. It's written to worship God. And some of my favorite composers uh, are sacred composers mainly. Yeah. That's the music they write. That's their career, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is with a sacred basis, and that's a wonderful thing. You know, on that note um Johann Sebastian Bach on the tops of his manuscripts wrote to the glory of God. Right. Yeah. That was his intent. Um yeah.
0: Okay. I love that. And I think like that's something that inspires me as well, is that, you know, sacred nature of things. And I think that we can all I think that's something that's kind of innate in each of us. Maybe that's controversial to say, but I think it is. If we look for that, we can see a lot of power. And everyone has a different reason for creating something, but that one is very poignant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Spencer, are there any other things that you want to say before we close out?
1: Yeah, just one thing I think I'll mention, because I forgot to say it earlier in one of our other topics, but improvisation. Mm. Uh, I mentioned that earlier when I talk about when I create mm-hmm. good art, and I don't worry about it being good. Mm-hmm. I just think, wow, that's so cool. For your craft, there might be different words for it. Free write. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the other words are for your your art style. But basically, just kind of experimenting and playing around with your art. That is a really, and that can be one of the most joyful one of the most successful ways to do your art, right? Just write a poem. Just write a piece of flash, flash fiction. Mm. Go carve a little statue, a toy, you know. Just be it. free, be creative with it.
0: I, that is so great. I have a couple things I want to say about that. So first of all, as you guys may know, <laughs> I've said it a few times, I'm a violinist. I started um, playing when I was five years old, and I remember something my teacher told me, because Mm. practicing is just the worst as a kid. (laughs) You don't want to do it. And I was like, Brittany, I don't want to practice. And (laughs) she was like, well, let me just tell you something. There, I don't even know who this violinist is, but it's one of those like older, way back when, Uh 200, 300 years ago, at least, violinists who became very famous. So as a kid, his dad really wanted him to practice for like like some crazy amount of day, three to six hours or something, mm, you wow. know. And for me as a kid, 30 minutes was <laughs> like excruciatingly painful. So, um, but this kid would go and just make hilarious sounds with his violin for six hours and just play <sighs> around with it.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And so there's his version of improv and he eventually probably found the motivation to practice, like, for real practice, right? But because of that experimentation and things, he found, like, his love for this mm. instrument and became very, very good yeah. at it. Another thing I wanted to bring up, in one of my classes in college, we we discussed um, improvisation, mm-hmm. basically. It was an English class. We were talking about writing. And we read a book called Writing Down, writing Down the Bones – by mm. Natalie oh my gosh by natalie goldberg there we go i can talk and this is a book i would actually recommend to anyone it's all about writing if that's not an interest of yours then apply it to something else in your life it's very like it's super useful mm, yeah so she talks about just sitting down with a notebook open and writing whatever came to her mind mm. she called it like an everyday free write or something like that she had just notebooks and notebooks full wow. of just yeah. everything she thought of and it ended up being just amazing for her because i think she was able to create a lot of stuff because she'd done those exercises every day yeah
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. and maybe what was in those notebooks wasn't super useful or like even made sense to anyone else but right super useful so i love
1: yeah and just real quick to touch on that um there's a piece i wrote recently it's an arrangement of the beloved hymn where can i turn for peace Mm. that's a very popular hymn yes and i for the longest time had an idea in my head of one chord where one chord in one verse would sound would be this chord Mm. and when the time came that one of my really good friends that was her favorite hymn and i thought well why don't i arrange that for you as a special gift and guess what that one chord <laughs> along with some other little things became the whole basis for a piece
0: i love it
1: right don't you know don't necessarily um you don't have to necessarily painstakingly record every little idea you ever have but when you have a cool one think okay that could be useful there's
0: a reason for that yeah 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 Oh, I love that. Okay. Well, Spencer, I want to make sure if there's anything else you want to discuss, we bring it up.
1: You I just... think, yeah, I think we're good. Okay. It's a great conversation.
0: You guys, I feel <laughs> I feel so uplifted and good after talking with Spencer, and I hope you feel as good as I do after listening to this interview. Um, Spencer is just an incredible composer, and I'm really grateful to have had him on, Um to know Spencer is to love Spencer. That's just how it Aww. is. It's true. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, you guys, thanks for joining us. Um, it's been a great interview, and I, I'm excited. Maybe we'll have Spencer on again because this was fantastic. So, all right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys soon.